Hub aims to the Kerfuffle Podcast, the only podcast where the host lose their Zoom Pro and no one thought to warn us. I wanna I wanna start I wanna start the podcast with the question. Given the choice between coffee and brushing your teeth before an 8 a.m. podcast, which would you choose? Brushing your teeth. Well, it's clear what you've chosen. <laughs> Not to the listeners. We only see one of his glasses that has the coffee. We don't know about the one he has under his desk that has the urine. It's yeah. it. I said brush my teeth. I peed. I guess I actually no. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You didn't pee, Tony? No, I'm literally. I'm. I, I woke up. I put on a shirt and pants. I set up my computer. I ran, made the coffee, and, and here we are. This is commitment to the Kufufu podcast. Uh, and you, you had time to ask any of the podcast Joel um, Joel about his finger. I'm a good friend. I'm a good friend. He hurt his finger last night. He was worried. He wanted. He was. You know. Should I go to the hospital? Should I not? Ooh. A, a night of time for it to gestate and, and, and be hurt, it could be really purple, ugly, and painful. So, yeah, I'm a good friend. I woke up, I asked Joel. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't that know was mamash the first thing I did this morning. I was not even my eyes were open. Like, it, it, I had to fight to get them open. The first thing I did was text Joel to see how his finger was. The Orthodox, you should know to your credit. I woke up. So, normally I set my alarm for. 8.52, so I could be at my desk at 9 a.m. We are recording at 8 a.m. I set my alarm for 7.50, giving me two extra minutes to prepare for you than I do for my job, where they pay me. And I woke up well, I woke up at like 7.45 by myself. What are you doing with all this newfound time and commitment to Hachnas Asorchen? Because that's what I'm considering this, to be honest. <laughs> I feel very honored. Uh, thank you. I do take after my great great grandfather, um, Avram Avinu. Also, we're all of VM. I just want to put that out there whenever we can. Um, so, if any of the listeners needs their hands washed, we're here for you. Um, I Joey, took the time. If, I, I if went. There's, I if there's a base of big dash, if there's a base of big dash, two of us would be two of us. Two of us would be on the musical squad. I'm just saying. Ooh. I play an instrument. Oh, it's yeah, does true. not count. Joey, Joey plays the guitar. I don't know if they're looking for like um, parody covers in the base of Igdash. Whatever. Like, how? What, what's the time commitment, Josh? Maybe you know. Of if I already know how to play the guitar, how long would it take to like learn the lyre? You know. I don't, I don't know that song, so I'm gonna assume it's like a few. No, no, it's it's just, an instrument. L Y R E. Oh, I was imagining like an, this is like some like an old timey guitar. <laughs> well, isn't that's the one that looks like a uh, a harp? No, yeah, it's like that's round. Let's see, yeah, but it's, it. so it's got like four or five strings that all play individual notes, and that's it. So I assume I don't know. The harp can't be that hard to learn. You just have to pay ten thousand dollars for a harp. Are you oh, serious? Harps cost ten thousand dollars. They're large. That's this wild. Is small. Yeah, but hey, also. Mike. Anyway, and basically, like, this economy. I want to be in the Irani Dacha just to like you know see what's going on. So like I don't want to be in the base of Megdash, frankly. Josh already lives in Yerushalayim. He 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 says Emek is not near the old city, so you'd have like a, a bit of a schlep to work. Exactly. Also, they have, they have beatboxers as our PFT. Do they have beatboxers in the base of Megdash? There's talk of I think one of the Levim knew how to whistle in a cool way, but I don't know if that. That's that's a bit esoteric in the beatboxing world. I don't know, like Max from Israel. Heartcell, Heartcell made to the, Heartcell made it to the GBB with a routine called the Whistle Genocide. 
Uh, we're anti-Janice on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, very, very anti. <laughs> I, I almost sent him an email to explain that that's not a word you should use in a beatbox routine. If Josh, if Shlomo Malach, Billion Bass and Migdash, says, okay, we need to staff this bad boy, do you have the confidence to come up to him and just lay down the beat for him? Oh, 100%. This is a photo session. You just got to be confident and go go with it, you know? Oh, no. He has, what, like 700 wives, 300 concubines. That's like, I don't know, just be intimidated. Yeah, but he can't even fucking lip Can't he? I don't know. It's all vanities. Josh, Josh Levitan could literally go up to Shlomo Melech and say, you can't roll like this, like, and then, and then do the thing. And that's a real Hamavin Yevon over there. Um, do you have any Kohala inspired? Do you have any Kohala inspired beats? Share Sharam inspired beats? Anything to wow him? Um, I don't think so. No, I'm gonna go with a solid no on that. Josh, but she's coming any day now. <laughs> so I gotta have this ready. Is the implication? Tani and I, like, we have time. We have a whole eagle. Do you know how long it takes an eagle to fly over the Atlantic Ocean and Europe? Do you know how long it takes an eagle to get to to get to Israel? But is this a giant eagle or a regular sized eagle? Because it can take a minute. Even so, it, it's it's you're you you major in aerospace engineering. How long does it take a fighter jet to to get from the US to Israel? That's what I was gonna say. It depends. Uh, fighter jets probably don't have enough fuel. But I guess if we're talking mid-air refueling, Mach 2, I don't know. Maybe we could get over here in, like, I don't know, three hours? Okay, know, so, that's, so Tani and I have at least three hours to work on our crafts to yeah, dazzle. You can't, you can't hold on to a, a giant eagle going Mach 2 if you're, if you're not, like, properly fastened to it. Bro, your, your imagination for Mashiach is shockingly small. <laughs> But you're right there. You have like a 15-minute walk. You gotta, you gotta be ready with something Dude, to I'm impress. Pay, I'm paying for the eagle ride. <laughs> I'm right here. You just gotta keep the second all Jews keep two shops in a row. You're on your flight back to America. Fly back I mean, to that's drive. A, also underrated that the word nesher in Hebrew is actually talking about a griffin vulture. So we're not even talking eagles. We're talking like. You know, large, they're just not as aerodynamic as eagles and certainly not as falcons. Like, you don't want to get, in terms of bird choice for um, the ingathering of the exiles, this is a. Uh, where do you get this? Are, where do you get this griffin vulture thing from? As, as far as I know, that's just what the what bird we're talking about. I don't know if it's based on. Bird, the, it doesn't exist. No, no, it, it does. No, no, griffin vulture is. is <laughs> griffin vultures do exist. It's like the classic, like, white head. Um, like grayish brown body. You say, uh, so you're saying, so you're saying it's it's the Beatles, the Beatles parody from the Jungle Book is flying me during the days of Mashiach. That's not a bad call. Yes, I do not want this ride. That's a, that's a dirty bird. That is a dirty Tiny bird. You gotta make Aliyah. You gotta make Aliyah. Yeah, or like, <laughs> or just pay for my flight and points or something. I was gonna say though, honestly, what's worse, flying on the back of a vulture or an LL flight? Just saying. I genuinely Customer service will be better with the vulture. <laughs> Joey's looking for something. He's got a searching look in his face. No, um, you're talking. I was, I, was, I, was, I was seating the floor. Well, well welcome to the podcast, Roofbox, Josh Leviton. Good to have me. you. Love to see the Shure SM7B sitting there. Joey doesn't know what that is, but Joey, that's the mic that I keep fantasizing about and telling you about. When Josh and I were waiting for you, we talked all about the microphone. Did you? 
No, we talked about it briefly. It was briefly and referenced. We, we talked about a different microphone. We talked about microphones. Good. Uh, that, that brings warmth to my heart. Uh, Blade of Mazeltov, you've got married since last time we saw your face. I guess, no, I watch your beatbox videos, but other than that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Thank you for the Mazeltov. Simcha's all around. Joe, you got anything to say, or are you just going to be a passenger here? Uh, Mazeltov. Good. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy Josh is happy. Now I'm, only, I'm the only one in um, 5600 unmarried. Were well, we 5601? I was the only one in 5601 unmarried. I really I wasn't sure. <laughs> it was a girl's oh, apartment across the way if you had been a little bit I, more. Yeah, I spent the night in 5600 <laughs> I, 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 I could have been the Benji Carlin of our <laughs> life. Oh, wow, digging deep here. <laughs> Joey, you're coming, you're coming to New York next weekend. You're staying with Farmer Abe. Uh, Josh, that's uh, Avi Silvermatz. And oh. uh, is this is this your first time meeting his girlfriend, W. Lee? As far as I know, you never know whom I've met in Central Park, but definitely first time meeting her, knowing who she was. Is- do you know? Do you know who she met for the first time last Shabbos? There's a hint in the agenda. It's very overt. Gaffy Adler's father. No, she met Farmer Abe. She didn't know. That, that Avi has ever been called Abe before. And, like, I bumped into her Shabbos afternoon. I had dinner at, at her apartment on Friday night. Avi was there. We made plans to hang out at Avi's apartment after lunch. And I see her on the street Shabbos afternoon. And I'm walking, and she was like, oh, where? I asked her where she's going. She's going to Shabbos Kala. I, she asked me where I'm going. I said, oh, I'm going to Abe's. And she was like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, you're a man. And then she just looks at me super confused, shows up two hours later, and she was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Abe? You're here with Avi. That's just, listen, it's like, Josh, Tani told me that he's working out this thing on first dates. He's not going to mention the full podcast. Um, like, I've, I've not done well. How long that. did it take you to tell your wife after you met her that you were the orthodox? Like, I think telling your significant other about Abe, Kumfuffle, just your alter ego, I think it's an important thing to get out of the way early. Uh, full disclosure, I did not disclose that information to her. She still doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, she has no idea. She's uh, just stumbling on America's Got Talent um, YouTubes and like... How did, how did you no, explain no. your no, my random hu- trip my husband to has That's not my husband. So yeah, what ha- on our second date, I mentioned that I was into music, uh, and I I was just expressing an interest in music in more the, generally. What's in the context of you being a lefty and you're a voda and the pandemic? It may have been, and I think I also <laughs> I I think I, I think I might have mentioned your your drasha of the pasuk vaikach ish mi base levi, and then was mandatory. Is she about levi? She's not. Uh, not yet. <laughs> well, now, not, I don't know how to respond to that. Anyway, so, yeah, on, our, on our second date, on our second date, we, uh, we discussed music, uh, and then I don't know. We sort of discussed. I, I think I mentioned that I'd been up on stage as well. It's just I was quoting a, a certain Reap's one about the fact that performing to larger crowds is sometimes easier than smaller crowds because with a larger crowd, you're not interacting with individuals. It's just a sea of faces and, and a sea of reactions. And so I feel like that was a you know enough of a hint at the fact that something had happened related to music in a stage, um, and then I, I let that uh, that bit of information kind of. Is your largest crowd the the UMD 
like the Jesse J change. Yeah, I thing. think so. I, that, I don't know what the numbers were by the time that I was on stage, but yeah, it was like certainly your largest audience is Merrick's got talent. Like Amy Clue TV. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, which is, which yeah, is definitely, it's larger than 99.9% <laughs> of like even performers get like that's uh yeah, no, it's do you quite, have any, do you have any YouTube videos with over a million views? Yeah, the first tutorial was it's it's been demoted since like it still has the the views of course but it 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 was on the first page when you searched either how to beatbox or beatbox tutorial which just meant that it was getting three to four hundred views per day for a solid like eight or nine years and that pushed it over the million mark which is crazy and well, you're that like 15 when you made it nah i think i was 18 or 19 filmed on an iphone 4s uh propped shout up out against to the iphone 4s yeah, it was propped up against a uh, like a, a mini container because I didn't even have a tripod. So it was, yeah, it was very much a. Uh, was the you know, first tutorial a Worcester thing. product? No, no, no. This was uh, the uh, the end a, room in the, my childhood home. It's a Delaware product. I remember wow. the first time I met you. Like you said, you're from Delaware, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And you're like, you said, I remember this quote. No, it's not interesting. It's random. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get pretty, I've gotten pretty aggressive with that now. When people say that it's cool or it's interesting, it's not. It's Listen, just like Tony, based on. Tony and I are from Maryland. Like, what is that? Like the 10th state in the union? You're number one, man. You guys saw America as a product and you're like, the Constitution, I'm in. No, I, you think, Delaware is the equivalent of a YouTube, like. An 18-year-old's like, YouTube video? No, like, like a yeah, it might have been first. Yeah, exactly. You're just the, the first commenter on a video. Like, I mean, I'll oh. take it. I'll take the accolades. Wow. But, and I'm, I'm no, proud of no being need, from Delaware. No need so to take shots of the country guy. of Indonesia, my guy. Uh, what does that mean? How does she find out that you all the, all the All the comment squad is Indo squad. Oh, uh, all right. So... I'm from Delaware, so I guess I'm part of that squad. Um, oh, so yeah, on one of our later dates, uh, we we were hanging out on an Arab Shabbos. Like we, I was expecting just like a, a pretty chill, grabbing coffee, and then and then we would go our separate ways. Um, and we ordered food, and then she <laughs> just looks up, looks up. Uh, I guess at the across me from the, or she looks up at me from across the table and says. Uh, so, do you uh, want to talk about beatboxing? <laughs> and it, I, just had, I just had to explain myself for about an hour. I had to explain sort of the background. I had to explain why I didn't bring it up beforehand. And it became a fun. It's a, it's a, far, it's a farm rave situation. You gotta you gotta bring this up early, otherwise it's just yeah. I mean, you were the first thing when you search up how to beatbox. I don't know how long you keep this up for. Somebody who's never met you once remarked to me, "Wait, you know the legendary Orthobox." I feel like that's something you should tell like, your significant other. Uh, legend gets thrown thrown out a lot, and I I don't think that I don't know for a you know a nineteen year old from Delaware posting a beatboxing video. I don't know that that really achieves legendary status. You to be don't get to decide if you are a legend. In fact, you have little to nothing to do with who thinks you're a legend. Those people decide if you're a legend. Yeah, but it's, people think people are on TikTok are legends. That's not like I don't know. I'm just saying like Spider Man. Superman, they struggle with when to tell their sleeping others that they are heroes. But really, you should just get out of the way early. That's, I don't know. To quote Rov Sanchez, to quote Rov Sanchez, he says, "Your boo, your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what you applaud. It's like, you know, if if your other legends are also not that great, I don't, I don't know if I want to be in such company." 
saying shots fired all right time to should we start the agenda yeah <laughs> I, i'm just gonna skip ahead I'm, I'm just gonna skip ahead to um ella because i just thought this was amazing a few weeks ago um i did a power ranking in the fantasy league uh and in the comments um Ezra Newman has been teasing Kumfuful uh, Relationship Rewind for a long time, and something came up that he decided we should actually also play um, Fucking Fast Forward, uh, where we predict future uh, future encounters. And then, without me bringing this up, one of my classmates starts doing this, and, and they think that two of my classmates, who shall remain unnamed, because I don't want to get in trouble with my new peers, uh, are going to be hooking up in the near future, even though one of them is currently in a five-year relationship, which to me is just a really aggressive um, round of fucking fast-forward. And I just thought that was amazing. I had to bring it to the Kumpfuful pot immediately. You only hear about people like planning out infidelity like that, right? It's, it seems like something you just kind of do. Well, they were they were saying that like these two other people were gonna like and the, and the infidelity was just gonna happen like because because they thought that there were vibes between these two people, and oh uh, oh, Andy McCobble, he can't uh, just Andy say Andy McCobble as well. He can't just say oh these two people are chatting it up. He's gonna cheat on his uh, significant other for five years. Uh-huh. Andy McCobble. It, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was something else. I, honestly, I might have to bleep the five years thing because that's an identifying thing. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, that's uh, shouts to Ezra for submitting that content. And then Gabe sent me this this uh, this book review a couple weeks ago, and and I've been meaning to bring it here, and and it should God. be an interesting. So this is this is uh, an excerpt from uh, a review of the appointment from Tablet Magazine. Shouts to Gabe. It opens, I don't mean to offend you, Dr. Seligman, especially now that you have your head between my legs, but don't you think that there's something kinky about genocide? End quote. Um, the appointment, subtitled The Story of a Jewish Cock by Katharina Volkmer, is a novella-length confession of a millennial German woman who hates her body, hates her sex, and invites the reader on a tour through her mind, a cesspool of degradation and thrill. And blah, 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 she wants to become a Jewish man. Uh... Like a, Ger- a German woman has decided that the ultimate act of like reconciliation post Holocaust is to become a Jewish man, and there's just so much going on here. This is obvious, Kumpfuffel fodder, um, and I bring it to you with love. All right. So what's the jumping off point? Is that like is the, is the jumping off point? Is this bizarre? Yes, it's bizarre. Does this woman is it offensive? Is does it this offensive? woman identify as a man, or she just wants to be a Jewish man? Like. I think this person is this person wants already to... trans, or is this person just? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like the whole thing is a little convoluted. Um, this seems like I something feel... that'll be relegated to, I don't know, the forgotten drawer. Give it like give it a year. Give it ten years. Oh, I give it now! No one gives a shit about what Tablet writes about. Listen, I made the comfortable podcast. Josh, do you know what percent of our demographic we capture? Uh, our, how how big is our, our circle here? Are we talking about just Kent Mill? Or are we talking about... Uh, it's people in our fantasy football league. Our target demographic is the eight people in our fantasy football league that are neither me nor Tani. Wow. Seven, when usually our guest is someone from the league. So we capture like something like a thousand percent of our demographic. Not a thousand have, percent. No, no like ten times no. the number of no, people no, no. in your league? We usually... Eight hundred percent. Yeah, we, we, about somewhere we, between six and eight hundred percent on an average week. 
Yeah, we get like thirty. Um, we've gotten, I think we've gotten, we've gotten eighty. I think it's no million, but you know, <laughs> in terms of percentage of demographic, like in terms of the percentage of demographic, that's the most successful media in the history. I feel like in some history. sociologists may have uh, some disagreements about your your methodology of calculating your maybe like uh, caveman paintings. But I was going to say the Bible. The Bible's the Bible demographic is all people. Do you know how many crusades there have been to get strangers to accept the Bible? Get out of here. Are you proposing the people? first crusade for your podcast? No, we don't advertise. Ooh. That's, that's I can start sharpening my curvy sword if you want. That bro, that's um, scimitar. Listen, listen, we could all the th- our, us three of VM could go to Shlem <laughs> and you know, Ooh. haste makes waste. But <laughs> I've never been to Shlem. Sounds like a great occasion. What's there? It's, it's, it's in Arab City. Um, um, I don't even know where Shechem is, frankly. I don't either. I don't and I'm also Whoever's not sure. Needs we have to, to get. I guess. Do we need to get PCR tests before we go, or is it because we're talking about uh, performing <laughs> surgery? They will be immunocompromised pretty quickly. <laughs> Dark, oh, do we yeah. need scrubs? Do you think? Do you think Shimon? Le- I mean, uh, yeah, Shimon Levy. Yeah, do, do, do you think they wore scrubs for their surgery? No. Wait, they didn't do the surgery. They just took advantage of the previous surgery. Oh, they did true. The, they, true, did, true. they did the murdering. They could have right, worn right, scrubs right. for that. I guess that would have been, what is that, Dexter? Yeah. I'm not a big Dirty. TV guy. Yeah. Joey, did you put last time we woke up this early in the LCQs? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, was the last time Tony and I woke up this early? And my context will be as also for a Zoom featuring an in Ola. That's Ooh, not that's the truth for me. First time we. Oh, first okay, time Tani and me set an alarm to wake up exactly at 8 a.m. for a Zoom with someone of your year at Maryland. Is this an Avishai or a Jano, a football-related incident, perhaps? No, sir. It's for uh, Max Cohen's uh, virtual 8 a.m. Uh, bachelor party. Ah, interesting. Very it was interesting. <laughs> it was I don't a know good how time. to respond. It was a good time, but I still confused why I got invited. Yeah, I don't know why I got invited either. But you know, whatever. We're happy. At least to, you lived with them. It was a good vibe. Um, I didn't get invited the, to Josh's um, 8 a.m. virtual bachelor party. I lived with him. That did not exist. That would be the reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's among the reasons. <laughs> um, we ask every guest this who's in our fantasy football league there are 10 of us oh, I have absolutely no idea Shimon Epstein I would have to guess if I had to plumb the it's, depths of my brain everyone's from Kent Mill oh, I have no idea then Shimon Epstein's from New Jersey I was at his house a couple months ago his parents house a couple months ago the most stairs I've ever seen in the house you walk in the door you have to like go up three steps and then you have to like go to the kitchen. You like go down three steps. It's got oh, that's steps just everywhere. a split level. No, it's not like a split level. My brother lives in a split level. This is, it's not like the Denikov's house. This has a lot of steps. Let me tell you. No, but it's like the Strauss's house. I don't you know been the, there. I don't know the Strauss's. I'm you walk you. in and like you're just on a landing in between like stairs. Mm. I don't know, man. Or like Johnny Levy's house has that. I don't. Know, I think it's more. I've been there. They have turtles. I think this is more. This is this is the most steps of her. 
seen the house. We'll have to have some investigative reporting to, to look at the average number of steps in a uh, split level. But definitely above average. Definitely above average. I, I believe you. I'm just I'm just trying to get get a concept for myself. Um, I feel like there are a couple uh, names you could have gotten. Wow. What about Jason Carney? You remember that name? I don't think. He could. Yes, I do. I don't think so he'd be any he should, I don't think there any he should get. I just uh, just uh, tally them off, Donnie. Okay, well, there's Jason, there's Mark Lieb, Jacob mm. Adler, there's uh, Daniel Wesley, there's mm. Ezra Newman, who we've already referenced, there's uh, Gavi Adler, there's Jesse Schloss, who you'd never have gotten, there's a Dean Adler, who you'd never have gotten, and there's two of us. Who you should have gotten. Yeah, yeah honestly. That's fair. I, I recognize three of the other names, so that's... That, that's why it's an interesting question. Um, so... I follow the hashtag beatbox on Instagram because I don't want to bother following all the beatbox people from my personal account. I follow most of them from special effects, but not from my personal account. It gets cloggy uh, that way if like, I follow too many people who aren't just friends. Um, but the problem is that there was a platinum song in 2020 that has had an enormous shelf life, like super duper long because they keep remixing it and each remix gets like a bigger name on it. And then like the original artist like re-ups the song and each version of the song has done really, really well. And so my question to my LCQ, my low context quiz for the two of you is which hip hop artist wrote the platinum song Beatbox in 2020? That's clogging up my Instagram feed. Is there a reason you wrote hip hop artist and not rapper? Like, is that a clue? No. All right. So I'll, beatbox I'll, I'll is the fifth it. of uh, beatbox is the fifth element of hip hop. I'll say Drake. I'll go chalk. No, sir. I do not know. I'm gonna have to say. Uh, is this a posthumously released Tupac song? Ooh, good guess. I like that. I like that guess. It is not. It is uh, Atlanta-based Spot'em Got'em. Which is what I just did to you. Got'em. <laughs> I, I think Spot'em to... Got'em was involved in like a, 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 like a, a legal thing. Spot'em Got'em. So I listened to the shot. first half. Yeah, of... Spot'em Got'em shot was uh, like in Google already. Did I listened to the first half shot? of this. Um... Yeah, five times in a drive-by shooting, it says. Oh, he's got... Holy crap, he's got Robbie Anderson hair. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I listened to the first half of the like Kanye West um, podcast he did last week. Uh, where he oh, did some interview. that's on my to-do list. Somebody in my class sent it to us and said, as journalists, this is mandatory watching. First of all, if we mention Kanye West, I think we have to mention just what a legend Pete Davidson is. Why? Because he is dating Kim Kardashian after he's already dated like Ariana Grande and like 10 other unbelievably attractive women when he's not good looking or talented. Like I used to like, he used to bug me because he's not talented, but now just like at a certain point, the fact that he's not talented makes the fact that he like stole Kim Kardashian away from Kanye West so much better. <laughs> like he's just like, so I, I just want to shout out Pete Davidson. Um, I have uh, fully come around on him. He's a legend. Um, but then Kanye West, and he said a lot of crazy things. Can you imagine if he would bring Kim Kardashian to Staten Island? Like, that's that's my favorite He did. Fantasy. He did. People said, like, Kim Kardashian. I saw, like, an article. It was like, Kim Kardashian visits Pete Davidson, native New York. Like, 
okay, we could just call it New York. <laughs> Kim Kardashian's in New York. It's not, let's not pretend this is anything. <laughs> I think she was a guest on SNL. Like, okay, she might host an SNL. Like, yeah. I was at a Shabbos meal with a girl who was, like, kind of cute, and then she told me she's from Staten Island, and I just stopped talking to her. <laughs> That's rough. Ooh. That's rough. Not, not, not like actually stop talking to her, but like you know, not like flirting anymore. Like it's just like that's 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 a non-starter. Um, so the Kanye West, like there there were some just wild moments. There was like some drinking podcast. I think it was called Drink Up or something. And like there are certain points where like Kanye West would say something like, "Oh, let's hear it for this." So like Kanye West is like, "Yeah, so I have bipolar disorder," and the host is like, "Let's drink to bipolar," uh, which just a wild oh, moment. Um, and then like there are things like that the internet cares about, but obviously we care about the Jewish content on the podcast. Um, there are a couple things like Kanye West is like, yeah, we need like the black community to like stick up together, um, like the Jewish community. You know, they're only like a small people, but they, they control so much um, because they stick together, uh, which is troublesome. Um, he also said that, um, yeah, we need to like build these black communities like the Jewish people, like they all live on kibbutzim. <laughs> 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 And the host like, what's that? He's like, yeah, they, uh, all the Jews, they like, live on this farm together. <laughs> so that seems to be what he thinks. Um, anyway, listen, you should, after you've caught up in every episode of Confuffle, um, you, oh, you, Josh, everyone that's listening, um, you, sh- you, should, you should check out this Kanye West interview. It's, you've just it's given me up. so much stuff to jump off on. It's, it's today, it's, no- it's November 9th when we're recording this. We're going to record uh, part two November 10th, get it out to you November 11th. But today is Better the anniversary of... E- yeah, today's the anniversary of Ilan Rasuli's birthday, uh, and in honor of that, I would like to bring up, in talking about kibbutzim, did you know that once on a kibbutz, a cow took a dump in Ilan's mouth? I knew, but that should be a story recounted. What is happening? Um, <laughs> also, LCQ, before Tony gets into the story, um, Josh, which, I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he is another tall terp, which, which person with the college with us is the only person to witness um, the cow dumping in Elon Rasuli's mouth. There's no way he's getting this. I'll I'm give you a hint. Sure. He is an enormous redhead. Son of a rabbi. Now I'm even more confused. We've been talking about November 9th, November 10th, November 11th. Those are all dates on the calendar. It is our hate calendar. <laughs> all right, Tani, you tell, <laughs> <laughs> you tell the cow story. Honestly... I don't remember anything other than the fact that Elon got a dump taken in his mouth by a cow. Everything else. Arya tells the story great. Maybe we Arya tells the story the great. Like, we, might, we, we should have him on just to tell that story. I mean, the TLDR is like, they were... They were like um, working on a JDS, JDS, where he wants to school, like goes to Israel the second half of senior year. And yeah, they were going to kibbutz, like milking a cow. So I guess one was doing the milking, one was sitting behind it. And the oh. cow just pooped into Elon Rasuli's mouth. <laughs> and apparently... If, you can't physically close your mouth when a cow is pooping into your mouth and your body <laughs> is naturally just trying to vomit as quickly as it can. So he's got poop coming in, vomit coming out. He can't close his mouth. It is um, one of the five worst things that ever happened to him, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Oi. Well, yeah, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, I want to I wanna skip... I'm going to skip a couple of these LCQs that I put in because we've honestly got more interesting things uh, happen. I just want to make sure we had enough content. Um, Joey, you should check out Jungle Music. Jungle Music's a cool genre, uh, cool patterns, but we're going to skip that. Sorry uh, if you were looking forward to that, Josh. <laughs> so my last LCQ, how many Jews competed at the Grand Beatbox Battle in Poland? Oh, this isn't the Great British, Great British Bake Off? No, it's the Grand Beatbox Battle. This is the Beatbox episode, Ooh. my guy. We get the baking episode. That's a very good question. <laughs> 
Uh, I watched the Great British Bake Off for the first time yesterday. Never. <laughs> well, like, listen, it was. <laughs> I obviously didn't turn it on. It, it was a one-one-four situation. Um, but listen, they make the, the Great British Bake Off. They're not even. There's a woman. So they were supposed to make this like toffee pudding bread thing. <laughs> One of the contestants forgot flour. <laughs> she didn't <laughs> use flour in her cake. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, so you forgot to make flour. Like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I've never baked anything in my life, but I would never forget flour. Did she replace <laughs> it with something else? No. So like they all just made these I mean, you can bake without flour if it's like... You can bake without flour, but like, it, it becomes like you need something like 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 people no, make um like this is a liquid. She she went through the recipe as given and forgot the <laughs> flour. Sounds like it main, could just be a good toffee or something. The main thing, um, the guy didn't even they didn't even try it. That's <laughs> that's real embarrassing. Like there are a lot of ones that like were underdone. These people are not pros. Like these people, I've never baked anything in my life. I'm not saying that I can I can compete. But these people were, two of them are really good. A lot of them were just, I don't know how they got on. Babish had one of the winners on recently. That guy seemed like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you... it should just be the British Bake Off instead of the Great British Bake Off. It just sounds mediocre. Oof. Shots fired. And they had these comedians that don't make jokes. Anyway, um, to answer your question, though, of how many Jews competed in the Grand Beatbox Championship. Yeah, battle. I will say you're not supposed to count Jews. Um, Ooh. But From. I will put it at a minion. You'll put it at a minion? Wow. Um, if There's an Israeli team. Oh, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Is because I was thinking, what, it's 32 competitors? No, there's only 32 competitors. No, there's 32 in the solos, and then you have the loop station and then the team battles. So that, that gets the number way up there. I I am flummoxed let's say i'll go with six i'm fairly certain the answer is two but <sighs> i applaud your both of your like um hope for the the jews in the beatboxing community um you gotta there's the match. Gosh. <laughs> well in like I, I i was really imagining the main stage but there was a side stage where yona did a set so like if we're including the side stage at least three and we got a lady in there wow yeah yeah, Yona, Yona did a, Yona did, um, like they had um, open mic auditions for uh, for the Seven to Smoke, or like they they had on the first day they had an open stage where people were doing thirty second auditions to be part of then the open auditions the night of against all the GBB competitors, uh. and actually one person from that stage made it, which was cool, uh, like this wild ass French guy Arturban, but anyway. Um, the French seem like, like good beatboxers. They are. Oh yeah, Fr France, France, and USA are one A, one B in whatever order you want. I'd say, uh, in in beatboxing. I guess right now France is on top. Yeah, but France had again, the two finalists, no. But like America won Loop Station, so like it's flipped. Touché. Loop um, Station is um, that's your specialty, man. Eh, I haven't touched it in a while. Yeah, so so this is why we have you on, Josh. Um, for those who don't know, and I think it's most of the league, uh, the Orthodox uh, came out of retirement to compete in the Israeli Beatbox Championship 2021. He is now officially the seventh best beatboxer in Israel, which is cool. Uh, and so I wanted to know, what is the Israeli Beatbox Championship like? 
This Israeli beatbox championship was uh, was quite a bit of fun. I have to say it was underwhelming in terms of the overall uh, ambiance and atmosphere, though I do attribute that largely to uh, to COVID limiting things. And then also the fact that Petah Tikva is probably not the most cultural, culturally relevant place to hold a beatboxing championship. Why is it um, there? Uh, probably because the museum that we were at let us or let the organizers host it there for free or something like that. Also, to um, what extent um, were you retired? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I was I was beatboxing on the side, but it wasn't. I haven't posted videos in, in that long. I'm not really. Okay, doing fine. It. But you haven't you competed. Haven't. You haven't competed in a beatbox competition since 2012. It is 2021, my guy. That's nine years. He was working on his magnum opus. Like you can't say that. Like Herman Melville was retired while writing Moby Dick. Like he was. No, nah, the real that's that's the real barrier was the fact that the they moved the American beatbox championships from Sunday nights to Saturday nights. And I think some years the qualifiers were even on Friday nights and then they would do the, the formal battles on, on Saturday nights and that was the that was one of the big kickers. So yeah. you're yeah, yeah. retirement of beatboxing. <laughs> Except I'm not a lefty. Was the fact that like um it was outside, did that kind of like uh crush vibes a little? I think that that's a, a fair question. Yeah, I, th- I think that that made things feel a little bit more sparse than they could have been. Uh, but I think even still, you know, 30 to 40 people in a room, I don't know how much fuller that would feel than uh, um, you know, just being outside. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's also something to be said about the, I guess the Israeli beatbox scene and just Israeli performers in general are not are not as accustomed to to being in front of crowds and and sort of the I guess the stage presence that that brings. And not that I'm an, an expert in having stage presence, but just in terms of you know crowd interaction, there, there's something beatboxers are good with confidence, and I think a lot of the Israeli beatboxers are, are good on the confidence side. But in terms of getting people kind of engaged. Uh, that I, again, I don't know how much of the like the crowd swell you can really create, whether it's inside or outside. But good experience. There's uh, there's funny that like uh, you know now that the Granby Box Battle videos are coming out, uh, Dilo, who's one of the judges in the 2019 Granby Box Battle Champion, he's reacting to these videos and like sharing his like, actual notes from from when he was judging the thing and when he was like judging our our our, our favorite guy Zero, he was like Zero just like was so laid back and chill. Uh, on stage, and I encourage everybody to check out uh, Ravbox's uh, um, uh, Elam round because that was you. You were just like, I'm gonna sit here and do mad tech right now. I'm, I'm just gonna like, like you were basically leaning back and doing mad tech, yeah. which is really funny. You just gotta be funky and show off what you got, you know. Keep it simple. So how did uh compare to the uh tw- your your last uh, competition, the 2012 American Champs? Ah, so yeah, I think the American champs are, to be honest, were always underwhelming. I think there have been a lot of strides taken in the past, you know, four or five years. Or are they in New York? Yeah, they're in in New York. Are they in Delaware, the Petah Tikva of the United States? Oh, that's a good comment. That's a deep cut. (laughs) Ah, that stings. Uh, um, Yes, the U.S. champs, especially back then, and and maybe even still now, are... uh, uh, are a bit on the underwhelming side because you know, with for a population of 350 million people, the fact that you know there's a room of 40 to 50 people for the like the the championships, I don't know. It's usually on the smaller no, it's side. It's much bigger than that now. It's oh, it much is bigger than that now. It's it's like probably two two fifty. Well, oh, the okay. population's also bigger. <laughs> Honestly, the population's grown by millions, and this is only grown by a couple hundred. <laughs> Got to keep up. 
I don't know how to respond to that, but that's that's a that's a an interesting point. You know, at least what, so I guess when I was competing eight or nine years ago, it was uh yeah, it was a smaller situation. I think things there were, I it when I was competing, it was at the transitional point between beatbox being something that's like you know fun and I guess like exciting to something where it's like there's there's technicality and. You know, people are spending two, three, four hours a day just practicing, and 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 where you have like the the level of technical skill and musicality that exists now. I think back then things were more about not exactly showboating, but you know, it was a I guess more of a conversation between beatboxers as opposed to exchanging, uh, you know, like musical compositions, which I think is is where things are at now, especially in the individual battles. Uh, so I think just things have matured so much, and you also just have. Like back then, I guess it, it was probably people in like their what, early to mid twenties um, overall who were competing, and now it's like the the average age has dropped so much. I don't know where these where the the progression has come from, uh, but I mean, like at the Israeli beatbox champs, there are guys who like I don't know if they're like I don't know fifteen or seventeen that are just wiping the floor in terms of technique, sound, all that kind of stuff. Just like the level of advancement is uh, is so fast, and then yeah, you look at things like GBB, and it's people are just so damn good and not that old either to have like good stage presence and flow and originality. It's, it's something. So things have, things have definitely changed. Rant over. Joey, I put this, I put this, uh, this next question in the thing for you. Cause I, I know you like bringing this up from time to time. So the Donnie Shane question, Donnie would like famously say in college that like, if you gave him six months that to train, like he could be a middle linebacker, for no, the Maryland you're, football you're, team, you're, you're conflating things. If he was five foot oh, nine, yeah? if he was five foot nine, he could be a linebacker on the University of Maryland football team. I think if he was six feet tall, even shorter, maybe he was five foot ten, he could play on Maryland's basketball team. Give him six months, and he could beat up Ronda Rousey. That's his. That's a six months thing. Man, he's a nut job. That's awesome. So <laughs> I like the Shane question. If I gave you six months to train, could you bring yourself up to the Demello Hippie Max tier in Israel, who are like kind of the top three? And and for for everybody who who doesn't know, uh, Rav Box lost to Hippie uh, in the quarterfinals of the Israeli champs. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure. I I I think probably not. And I think I'd also say the fact that I haven't, and I've you know I've had more than six months, and I haven't, so I, I definitely don't want to try and. You know, reach for something or say that I have something that I that I don't have. There, honestly, there. All the musicality. Say, he, say he's trash. <laughs> no, all three. All three of them are very, very good, and all three of them are are total sweethearts, which makes this. I'll say they're trash. <laughs> Rude. They don't deserve. I'll, to wipe I'll my tell butt. you this much: I have never hung out with Demello when he's not trashed. That is a fact. Right. So he was, he was I've lucid. only seen him very drunk. He was lucid for the uh, for the, the the championships, and he, he seemed very focused. Demello got so drunk on the last day of the GBB, he fell asleep in Max's lap and missed all of the battles. Look, some people are thirsty. It was tough. Some people are thirsty. It's uh, you gotta stay hydrated out there. Vodka, vodka looks like water. He just he's reached the wrong bottle. <laughs> he fell asleep in Max's lap. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Oh no! I, I, they're just—they're very, very good. They're very precise in the, in their sounds and, and in their fills. So it's—it's it's not just in the overall compositions that things are are good and interesting. It's also in the like the you know the subtlety 
uh, of the fills that they do and, and in the connecting points that are just very clean. And then I think also between the three of them, there's the just the ability to use bass, whether it's inward bass or just you know, fancier bass sounds um, that just add a layer of, of depth, like meaning deepness, literally, and then also depth in terms of musicality. Um, I just I think that there are, you know, there are sounds that I, I've worked on for or sounds that I've tried to get uh, or tried to be able to do for years, like the click roll sound, something I just cannot do. It just sounds gross. Like it just sounds like like weird suction. Just I've never been able to get the sound inward bass as well. I, like I, I have the beginnings of it, but not in, in something where I can control the pitch and, and really make it sound musical. Um, and so I think that there's something where, you know, if you have it, you have it. Um, and then maybe it's just, I, I haven't, I haven't been explained the right way or no one's explained to me the, the right way to do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess they just, they have it, they've worked at it and I don't know. I, do you think there's something about your voice or maybe honestly, it could be like just how tall you are that makes you something that gives you an advantage in beatboxing or you no, think that you just all. cared about it at a young age? I, I think, I think I had like this, the, the lack of social awareness to, to think that I couldn't do it. I think I honestly, I think that that's a, a big thing. I think, uh, just kind of doing without thinking whether or not you can do it, uh, is a, uh, you know, is a recipe for success. And so I think I just started early. I tried to, I tried to understand how things work. So understanding what sounds are made by lips, like what's tongue, what's using your throat, what's inward versus outward. Um, and then also, I mean, I think just taking, you know, uh, taking music seriously, both in terms of like seriously enjoying it and then seriously pursuing it. I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's much more about the the drive that's there than, I don't know, than any sort of t like physical limitations. I don't buy physical limitations. People with physical limitations. Yeah. yeah um, not in beatboxing. That's been, uh, that's been like, uh, people, people use that as a cudgel against women and it's really not true. So I'm, uh, it's, it's nice to Has hear. Has there been a woman boxing. even like top three in GBB? No, that's a, a big problem with GBB. Honestly, it's like a big subject of my interviews. Um, like but that's surprising because you were champ talking about like hitting deep notes. Like that's seen as like you're saying that that's important. Women, so. women, but like a lot of like the deepest notes like are like made by not voice. Like it's your lips, and like women can do that. Like Kayla has already shown that. Like you know, the, uh, Kayla is a world champion. She's an American champion. Like she's she's proved she and many others have proven Hershey. You know. But does there that take, all across the I, world. I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm just like speculating. But does that take? Oh, my alarm's going off. It's 52. Um, good morning to me. Like, does it take a long time to get from being able to do? Because I'm guessing like you have to do it with your throat, like when you're first learning, right? So does it take a while to learn how to do it from your throat to your lips? Like, is that, is that three just months? A curve? I think most sounds can be. You can learn how to do them within three months. I remember I was working on the siren sound for a solid three, like actual three months, just walking across campus, just making noises to myself and then one day it finally clicked um i think with proper instruction um yeah like but, it, it shouldn't it take that long three, if it takes three months to learn how to do like any deep notes like that's a lot to it discourage women i mean there's a lot to discourage it's, everyone it's much more about it's it's much more about the 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 fact that like online communities and youtube specifically are very very male driven um so I, in one of the interviews I recently did, someone explained to me that 80% of the people who spend time on YouTube are men. Um, and when like your entire community... Boxing YouTube like, or YouTube? No, no, YouTube, YouTube. I, I think the numbers are probably... 
the numbers I, are I, ske- even more skewed to men. I I think my numbers might be ninety ten in terms of the analytics, um, and I'm sure one hundred percent. And so like, f- so like when when you're self selecting within that community, like it you know it, it's uh, it's uh, self fulfilling prophecy, uh, and and then I you know they're already like, in terms of like inviting women. If you if like you behind. have YouTube on like an empty account, not that it like, doesn't have your personal data already in it, like the first thing suggests it's always going to be a makeup tutorial. So there's definitely like things very geared toward women on YouTube that are very successful. But Tachlis. Yeah, listen, I, I have no doubt that there is a problem numbers. getting women interested in beatboxing. I'm not, I'm not denying that. I would have, I was hopeful that they would find an excuse to put Chihuahua, who's uh, the vice world champion and, and a local uh, Polish beatboxer on stage for some sort of showcase at the, at the grand beatbox battle, because she's awesome absolutely of the level of the people who competed it happens to be that her wild card wasn't selected uh to be put on stage um and and they chose not to which was really disappointing to me just like they're not finding uh, excuses for that but but it should be know. said that i don't know if you pronounce it pachenkata just because she has a, the number four in her name uh she was one of the judges and is one of the you know top uh like technical beatboxers and i think she also sings opera oh, so she- so thinking about you know if, if if there are you know elements that are lost in terms of the deepness of, of notes and lower frequencies, um, I think just vocal talent um, and you know, vocal range is something that they like that that women can bring can really bring. Yeah, Pechinkata, her showcase was sick. She like I, I I wonder like when like I guess the judge showcases won't go up on Swiss for like another two months, but like basically she opened her thing and she was like, all right, I need some crowd participation, okay? And she was like, everybody in the crowd go. And then, like, so everyone starts doing it, and it sounds like a waterfall. She was like, feel the water. Oh, damn. And then she did this crazy thing. It was so cool. It was really, really good yeah, show. The crop participation like, the Israelis don't have. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the GBB is, like, the best stage. Um, you know, I'm going to skip the rest of the GBB thoughts. Two two last things, because we're, we're uh, almost taking an hour of the afternoon. Um, where do you think 7th uh, in Israel ranks in the world? I, I think quite low, to be honest. Yeah, I actually have relevance because I have an LCQ I've been saving up since we started talking about this. Uh, my brother's my brother's the seventh best Israeli at something. What is it? Archery. You wouldn't know if my brother was an archer. I guess Why if he's seventh. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't if you don't know that my brother's seventh best at this. I have no idea. Is it rock climbing? Josh, just gotta guess something. I don't know. He's seventh in line for King Levy. I don't know. <laughs> he wishes. Um, I will say this about my brother. My brother, um, he doesn't wear a keep or a sissus in Israel, but he visited like Paris a couple years ago for work, and he wore a keep and sissus just to see if like he wants to be a martyr. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> dark. I'm not even kidding. It's not even dark. Like it's a real thing of this. Anyway, he is the seventh best Super Smash Brothers player in all of Israel. Um, and he is the best. That's fun. He is the best Mega Man in all of Israel. Um, and like, so if we extrapolate that to how how like how good is he in Smash Bros. compared to the world? There's a lot of Japanese people that are a lot better than him. <laughs> a lot of like what Josh is saying. Like these, he's always like yelling if he's playing online. So I was like, ah, these goddamn twelve year olds. Um, so, so these kids. <laughs> Reaction time is too good. 
and like he talks he, like he builds up these backs he'll play he'll be playing game online and, like it's just like switch just like matches you and the Nintendo switch just matches you like you have no you don't there's no video there's no voice he's just, like oh look how this guy's playing he's clearly nine years old and like he just like builds up these backstories like yeah it's some nine-year-old kid probably from kansas like <laughs> he just like builds these like deep backstories for these people <laughs> <laughs> and he believes them anyway so josh back to your question um seventh in israel is what in the world i don't know i i honestly i don't even know if it breaks top 1000 elif oh i was definitely gonna say top 500 half elif I don't know. I mean, I do think that the the placement within the uh, uh, I, I do I, like technically where, where I got was number seven. I do think that I don't remember if it was the five or six, maybe even both beatboxers. I thought that I would have had a chance against them um, if we were to battle, but we didn't. Of course, I, I'm I'm stuck with seven, so I think it might be a little bit higher. But you can't just challenge know. people like in Pokemon. Just they cross, <laughs> they, they make eye contact, and like, yo, bro, show what you got. Let's battle. Uh, I mean, like, if, if like, I, I've, for a while, I've, I've, like, thought about, like, you know, if I were to make a, a world beatbox power ranking based on, you know, how FIFA does it with soccer teams, um, like, ultimately, you should have to rely on results, um, analytics or something, you know, like, and, and your personal, you know, preferences can, you know, input, uh, you know, influence things on a certain level, but, like, ultimately, you know, you have, uh, you, you have the results on the ground and you just have to kind of sit with them. Cause like they're the only concrete thing you have, um, you know, like honestly, like maybe 20 out of the 27 people who made it to GBB this year, which is more than made the battles, honest to God could have won this whole thing. Um, and, and so, you know, we have now collapses the guy who won. So like talkless, he's, you know, it, it, it's on his resume. Um, but I do think like, I'd say like hippie Max DeMello, probably all top 150 in the world. Um, and like the fact that like you were in a battle against hippie, like you know, it's it's relevant. Wait, where's um, hippie in the world? I don't know. I'd say like probably top one hundred fifty, um, depending on how he does in some like you know medium sized online competitions this year. Maybe he can make it to like a, um, you know, maybe a second tier international battle next year, which would I think propel him maybe into the top 100 or so depending on how he does there and josh where um, do you think you are so let's say that there's let's say there's just like a recipe like you have to make these sounds in this order there's like do a computer generated like random mix of a beatbox where do you think you would be in that would still say like around 500 to a thousand you're saying in terms of quality of sounds yeah would that make you better or worse than having to come up with something yourself I think that's a that's a very very hard question to answer. I've been told that people like the sound of the like the snare that I do. Like people just say that that it sounds very clean. It's it's sharp, and I think it also fits well in in technical beats. But I think like the I don't know, in terms of special sounds, I don't I don't really do that much. I think in terms of like yeah, I think I'm probably in the middle of the bell curve for a lot of sounds, and then I don't know. There's you a lot of sounds, that bro. Like yeah, but like you couldn't you couldn't like. With with all due respect, like I don't think you could do much of a copy medley. Like if you were like you know if you got Vakoda, if you got Inertia, if you got like uh, Tomazakre. I mean, like those aren't guys that like you could replicate very much. I don't know. I could feel. I feel like I could do a little bit of the inward bass, but it's uh, I don't. Yeah, not not with the same level of musicality. That was something. <laughs> you never heard inward bass before, dude. 
Um, I don't know what I've heard. I, I, I watched you. I watched your YouTube. So I watched the. I watched your wild card for the Israeli thing. Quintani sent it over. Yeah. The battle is coming out this week. No, I think it dropped at 3 p.m. right as we were uh, we were starting. So I got. Oh, beautiful! Check out how it was. Um, I think you should. Oh man, we'll drop. We'll put the link in the show notes. I now. think you should challenge strangers. Like, listen, if, if we get nothing of Levy and Schlem, it should be at the very least. <laughs> like, you get them. You get them. Um, Tani says that the best in Israel has a, a a bit of a thirst to him. You get him drunk, so he's wounded, and then you just <laughs> jot the beat on him, and then. Listen, they're battles for a reason. That's a fair point, but I think with uh, the COVID regulations here, if you just start beatboxing at someone, that might be a felony in some areas. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now that. Now that's a thought. Um, I'd like to end with this. Um, making money. Like, in order to become a Grand Beatbox Battle level uh, competitor, you pretty much have to treat beatboxing as a full-time job which is insanity because it's like impossible to make full-time job money. Like so, so few beatboxers do that, yep. even among the people who are like at the GBB. Yeah, you told and so, like you, you mentioned know, putting it on your resume. I know for a fact that Josh does not because Kobe Sloyer, Josh's coworker, um, told told everyone he works with um, who the Orthobox is. He was trying to keep it a secret. Yeah, he told me that. What are you going to do? <laughs> so, Josh, I know you're trying to keep it you know, hidden. How to you're make... not Superman. Hey, you're Superman to us, but like... I'm not trying to keep it hidden. I'm just not trying to bring it up. You know, you're, you're not telling. You're not telling the love of your life. You're not telling your coworkers. Like, got to tell someone. Who are you telling? So, the, how how to, how to make beatboxing a more money? You know, like how how to make it possible for beatboxers to make more money is like a big question facing the scene right now. Uh, and one of the potential solutions is like a very famous beatboxer, Darney who has won the Grand Beatbox Battle, he is starting a beatboxing NFTs line called Tezzerect, which is an objectively cool name. But I am dubious at the prospect of a beatboxing NFT line being See, anything. this college football I am curious player to starting his own NFT? I think NFTs are dumb. And like, listen, maybe, maybe I'll be living the rest of my life in poverty because I just don't get it. And like, they're not really different than baseball cards, which are also artificially scarce, but I just think they're I dumb. I, I so I I have to say I, I'm not fully or I'm not well versed in the in the NFT world. To, to be honest, I do think beatboxing has a, I guess is hit over the head a couple of times in terms of being uh, in terms of being a you know a viable financial option. I think first of all the fact that it's music makes it a lot harder. I think the the traditional avenues uh, in terms of Spotify or selling your your music, beatboxing. Yeah, you have a couple of people like Hiss. I know Thomas Acre has like you know they have stuff up on Spotify. Sorrow others. But that's not something, you know, if you're getting a couple of cents per stream or, or, you know, a portion of that, like the selling your music is not the way to make money anymore. Whereas of, I guess, Spotify and streaming like that, that ship has sailed in terms of that being the, the core of being able to support yourself. And honestly, touring is not something that people have the sort of the name equity within the beatboxing world to do. Um, and then also, I, I think it, so the fact that it's hard to make money doing music and then touring, which is the main way that people can make money. Um, it, that's also basically off limits, especially because most, you know, a lot of beatboxers are not based in the U.S. and not in the U.K., where you, you know, you don't have the same infrastructure around live music. Um, and then I think you add, you add to that the fact that you have, uh, like, the, the main demographic for beatboxing, I think, is probably in the let's say, you know, twelve to thirty-four, probably even like the twelve to twenty-one uh, age demographic, which 12 I think to also 34 is a wide net. That is a uh, triple. 
It is, but it's also you think about it, it's it's at the it's in the demographic age range where people themselves don't have a lot of money. So thinking about how you're going to get money from like or get you know a 16 year old to support your work, that's not as common as having you know, someone who's like 30 support your work. Which beatboxing again is. I mean, I um, guess, but like, what is the demographic that's sink in the Backstreet Boys? So that's so that's fair, but so this is this is where like you have to if if you want to follow the money, you have to go up one generation. So you have to think about the parents of the, like you know the younger people who are are it's essentially the parents money who would be able to, to help fund the the beatboxers overall and i think that that's where i, I know zero mentioned it in his uh in his interview that the uh that, that being able to do lessons is something that in in my mind is is the most financially viable piece of this where if you're able to charge thirty dollars for a half hour session or 45 dollars for an hour-long session whatever it is uh and then you're doing this with an international uh market here you know just speaking english or kind of working your way through things. Um, that to me is where beatboxing becomes financially viable as a teacher. And I honestly, I think music teachers typically don't make a lot of money, but you know, if we're talking about the beatboxing world, you know, if you have a mic, if you have a loop station, if you want one, uh, really all you need is like a solid webcam and, and, and a mic. An, which an I, iPhone 4S. A what? An iPhone 4S. Yeah, oh, touche, an iPhone 4S. Yeah, that's all you need. And then um, that to me is is one of the ways you can make ends meet. And then I don't know. I think I think just supplementing that with an actual job is is there are probably less than twenty people in the world who make full time living off of beatboxing. I think a little more than that, but yeah, it's it's around there. Um, though I do know for a fact that at least one beatboxer is making like twelve grand doing bar mitzvahs in New York City, which is just funny. I was gonna like, say for bar mitzvah. How many beatboxers do you think know about the three weeks and Sphera? Uh, well, acapella groups are definitely on that circuit, so they're hitting up camps. They're hitting up, yeah, uh, yeah, just other other simples. There's money to be made. I know there. for a fact that that certain beatboxers are aware of certain parts of the Jewish uh, life cycle. I think my funniest thing about Tesseract was when I was like doing interviews like at the event. I was like asking people like, do they believe in it? And they're like, oh yeah, like. And then one of them was like, I mean, nobody knew that a you know a Michael Jordan rookie card in you know his rookie year like. You know that didn't have any value, but now that sells for like four six million. And I was like, "Yo, when Michael Jordan was a rookie, the NBA was already popular." Like, with all due respect, like you ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's the economics behind this are just not there. I I was recently recently watching a, a video on on the Air Jordans and how in the, his first season, I don't remember if it was five thousand or fifty thousand dollars per game that he wanted to wear the oh, Air yeah, Jordans, which had the white yeah. background instead of the the black, which was yeah, mandated he was getting by the fined. league. He was getting fined, and then Nike was covering it because they realized yeah. that the the press would, would cover it. Like whatever with beatboxing, you know, if, if if you're if you have a good whatever CPC, like or I think that's the the term where like you know for a thousand views, if you make five dollars, that's crazy. And like no one's like within the beatboxing world, I, maybe there are a handful of channels where you're getting that kind of money. Yeah, I'm thinking about this NFT stuff. No one's no one's going to care in a couple of years, or or I'm yeah. wrong. Uh, I'm dubious, but would be happy for the beatboxing community to be wrong. Maybe not for our society. Like I don't I don't think that these NFTs are are good for our economy. But what do I know? Um, that's uh, that's that's the beatboxing content we've got. Joe, you got some parting shots for uh, Box. You you want to challenge him to a battle? I can whistle, uh, but I don't think whistling like sounds good over like a, a headset. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this question. I think it's something that everyone's been wondering based on all the top. I think it's all encompassing of, of the topics we've covered um, so far in this conversation. Um, so oh, no. when Mashiach comes and he is judging every Levi ever after the Chiyos Um 
he's judging every lady ever in terms of their musical ability to be first in line to actually work in the band of Migdash. Where do you think you rank? Well, I hope that I'm at least behind the scenes in terms of the uh, like the uh, being a vocal assistant of some form. I think obviously um, the fact that that we're going to be allowed to play instruments uh, within the base of Migdash will be will make things a little complicated, at least in terms of uh, in terms of my job. Um, I don't know. I, I hope I hope I'm in like I don't know the 90th percentile just based on the uniqueness factor. I, I would hope. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I guess probably Matis Yahoo and myself in terms of the beatboxing side of things. And I think the my Matis Yahoo I don't know. Doubt he is. Just you know, playing the odds. Okay, go on. That's no, fair. Yeah, I, I think just based on my pedagogical pedigree in terms of beatboxing education, I hope that that would uh, that would at least put me in the <laughs> In the contention for for I don't know the head of a of a you know a mouth drumming department. Well, like the other thing we do is like yeah, be like you know about Shane and Yona. He's not a levy. No, about Shane. Oh, so yeah, just Yona. No, about Shane. Once you're once saying it's the three best beatbox at nine thousand BPM. Jewish beatboxers of all time went to the University of Maryland between toe and tongue twenty twenty. Uh there's this kid named Shlomo. There's Long the olive base. He was like in. Man, the olive base is trash. Ooh, it stings. I don't want to be Motsi Shamra around here. Bro, that's, that's <laughs> what this podcast is about. Uh, the olive base has got very good throat base. He's a showman. I'm, uh, I'll stand by his side. He's not a levy, but I'll stand by his side. I have yeah. stood by his side. Ah. Um, I, I, but the, the other thing is like they might want you to be a guard just because like you're six or six. Yeah, but right, I'm like a, what I've started calling myself is I, I have like the build of a sentient noodle. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever watched uh, if you've ever watched Daniel Medvedev play tennis. He looks like a noodle that was given a tennis racket and escorted onto Wimbledon. Yeah, but like you have the frame. It's like this is I honestly believe this. I honestly believe that if a University of Maryland coach just walked by Alan Miller on his scooter, he would say like if he when he's a freshman, he would just say like let's just give him a walk on spot see what we can do you know like when you have you can't teach size i have to say i'm a little offended there was a guy in the aerospace major our freshman year um who was a walk-on to the basketball team and he was a solid you know eight to nine inches shorter than i was um i'm not saying anything i'm just i'm just saying right you can't teach size so like you have the musical you have the musical <laughs> oh, talent you, you're an instructor which is definitely useful but, but you're also really tall like, listen, you got options. At the very least, you you have guaranteed employment for eternity. That's a fair point. If anyone needs to, yeah, if anyone needs anything off the top shelf in the base of McDosh, I'm I'm their guy. <laughs> <laughs> the showbread. You don't think they're Nisim for that? I don't know. He I is. Think, what Basparo is the only one who she has a go, like go go gadget arms. <laughs> She's the only one who can stop me. Let's be honest. No, I'm just kidding. Ger Hasidim are huge here in Israel, so they, they definitely have me beat. They're just they're, I mean, uh, they're so large. Chilling, you know. <laughs> All right, um, oh we have God. to wrap up. Orthodoxia. I don't know. So every week I make like a fake commercial. I've not written one yet. Um, if you have any ideas, you get thrown past me. Um, otherwise, Tani, like we've been going over an hour. We can just talk about Kavufal like on yeah. our own for like ten minutes. Like, so much to say this week. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I've got a few things to say. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for coming on. 
Thank um, you for having me. I don't know. At this point, with with the time changes, I have no idea what time it is for you, but I appreciate you coming on in the afternoon. Nah, said that's 3 all good. Well, now it's, it's 4 p.m. Yeah, it's 4.12, and I am 12 minutes and 54 seconds late to a meeting that I did not realize that I had. Oh, man. Okay, that's a commitment. Oh, we, we appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll drop a link to you when this goes live. At, at good. 9 o'clock, I walked over to my work computer, so <laughs> I, I get it. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> all right, Josh. Guys. Thank Thanks you for having us. Good luck at your meeting. What do you got? I didn't look at the any full agenda. So, uh, really low scoring week. Yeah. Um, I got an LCQ for you about uh, about scoring. How many quarterbacks scored more than twenty points this week in the league? In the league. Um, who had a good? Well, Lamar Jackson did. Um, Mahomes didn't. Stafford didn't. Josh Allen certainly didn't. Um, I'll just say three. I'm fairly certain it's one. I have to double just check because I made this late last night. It's either just Lamar Jackson or it's Lamar Jackson and um, Justin Herbert. Oh, but it's either Herbert. one or two. He, That's Justin crazy. Justin was against me. He had 30. Yeah, so just two then. Um, like, that's crazy. Two two teams. Two teams. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That was wild. And the crazy thing is, like, it's not like we had a bunch of 18s and 19s. Like, most of the QBs were under 15 points, yeah. which is just Josh insane. Allen, like, who's number one in the league in points per game, scored nine points for me. So, like, if he just had, yeah, if he had a 21-point week, I would have, like, let's say I lost by 12. It's like 21. It's not, but you should expect him to get 20 every week, um, if not 30 every week. Yeah. So, no, I get it. It's, it was nuts. Um, I'll, I'll put I it guess this way. We'll, we'll I did not expect then. James Cobb honor to have four times as many points as Josh Allen this week. I really get that. I really do. Um, I just scored a round number. I don't know. Like, how often does that happen that we get round numbers? Um, let's see if I even have that open. Um, I actually might have it open. It might not take as long as it otherwise could. Oh, no, it's going to take a while. Um, All right, fine. Maybe maybe you'll drop it in like, the comments. He scored 80.00? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, that's like a lot of zeros. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's figure this out. In the meantime, I, w- I want to talk. Like we're looking at the the um, the standings are bunched. After we'll get more it's, team counts last it's night. It's never happened. Just oh wait, that just never happened. Wow, it's that's never happened for really Ezra cool. Newman. Had to filter on. Um, standings are bunched for you guys. Yeah, I'm glad that when I lost, everyone else lost too. Yeah, it's never happened before. From second to ninth, there's I mean there's obviously like a points gap, but I I'm five and four and Yaakov is four and five. From second to ninth, everybody's four and five or five. Yeah, I'm definitely four. happy about that. Just that, in terms of like right now, that is if fun. I can get if I just need like nine wins to get a bye week, um, I'd be very happy. Yeah, um, and so I guess before we kind of get into the quick recap. How many teams do you think end the season in their current spots? Like, I feel like we have locks with you. You and think Jason. I'm locked for first? I don't think so. I don't, especially if I can beat you this week. But like, if I had to guess, yeah, I mean, you've got a you've got a two game head start, and right now you have a tiebreaker over me. So like, that's not yeah. how tiebreakers work. No, it's just oh, it's not. Oh, 
So then you don't have a great Vancouver night yet. Um, but listen, your team, like, you had a, you had a good week, especially in, like, the slow-scoring week, but... Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to me later. I, I, I have a take. Um, all right, but you made the agenda. I haven't looked at the agenda. I haven't really looked at fantasy. I haven't done the stats this week, so uh, we're just rolling through this because yeah. that episode's already long. All right, cool. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you were at the you were at the game, and uh, I put a, I put a spot in the in the agenda for you to talk about the game real quick. All right, so I I went in reverse order of standings in terms of uh, game recaps. I my so me versus Jason. I led the league in scoring the week after Derrick Henry uh, went out. So my question to you, you and Kerry? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Jonathan Taylor though now is RB one among active running backs. Derrick Henry still has ten points on him after I Taylor had thirty three points. Derrick was the number one scoring player in fantasy before this week. So like I I, I might have thought it would be I thought I thought his lead was more. It was. Oh my god, it was crazy, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was a shocking surprise. I mean, last week on the podcast we talked about how I was like nervous about this game, and then I led the league in scoring, which is cool, um, uh, unsustainable. I mean, twenty points for the Pats team was. He also fun. you scored they put it one thirty. Um, one forty five. Pat Fryer with two touchdowns last. One forty five is a real lead league in scoring, but like, okay, one thirty. If, if it was one thirty, yeah. uh, I'd object more. I don't know. Like ultimately, like the the scoring context is the scoring context yeah. each week, and low points is low points. I mean, you know, we'll talk more about that as we get to the teams. It was a by NATO for Jason, but like, I mean, come on, every week's a by NATO for Jason. It's 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 sorry, it's so true. The 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 I noticed I I didn't recalculate after Monday Night Football, but I'm pretty sure that like I ended up like more than like 150 percent like targets in the passing game to Jason. And I just thought that was crazy. Like Pat Fryermuth got a bunch of targets last night going into Monday Night Football. I My receivers and running backs and tight end, or I guess not tight end, but my receivers and running backs had 36 targets. Jason's had 24. Do your receivers... Which is just nutty. your receivers absolutely suck this week? Like in terms of how good they are. I haven't looked at your team, but I was looking at like our matchup. Uh, they, no. I mean, we they didn't score touchdowns. Oh, yeah. So this week, they were this fine. week you're starting crappy people. Merrill? This upcoming yeah, our matchup. No, I don't think so. I think I don't have any uh, notable buys this week. Uh, okay, fine. It's Diggs, Hollywood, and um, Diggs, Hollywood, and Bobby Trees. Okay, fine. I take it back. I thought you were starting like which is like fine. They're starting someone really random. That's like middle middle of the middle of the road wide receivers. Uh, Hollywood makes up for yeah. Diggs. Do you think is Hollywood your is Hollywood your best receiver? Are you most confident in Hollywood going forward? Certainly. I'm not really confident in any of them, but like I just kind of feel like on aggregate the three of them will give me thirty points, and that'll keep me in things. He's um, I'll tell you, uh, he's he's turning corner at the game. Like his his like thing is Hollywood that he's so fast he gets open, but he's so small he just falls down. He was fighting for extra yards last yeah. um, on Sunday, so like that's good to hear. I mean, he's probably he's 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 definitely in the mix for keeper at five bucks. Yeah, for yeah me. I think so. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, let's move on. I think uh, we've done we've done this matchup. Jason versus Yaakov. Holy crap, Team Chaos! That was sick. Yeah, but like that was here's the thing. Sick. Like, listen, maybe it's just how he comes off in Slack. But Yaakov, like, I don't think he realizes. Like, that's why I said it was like annoying when he got bailed out by Randall Cobb last week and like this week. I think he he's like, oh yeah, I I really want to win. But like, you scored ninety points. Like, don't act like you're not getting lucky. Even at a bad week, ninety points is bad. 
Joey, you're like bottom half of the league in points and in first yeah, place. Yeah, but never seven and two. I, like, I understand why seven and two is stolen. That's that's what I'm saying. I understand why seven and two is stolen. I don't think Yako was under any, any illusions about his about his thing. Like he he like basically said he was fire selling like yeah. two weeks ago. You know. Um, when do you think Jesse will find out that he was in an all time fun matchup? I mean, someone's gonna tell him. Like, do you think I'm I'm probably gonna be having Shabbat? We're probably gonna be having Shabbat lunch with him next week. Do you think he finds no. out before lunch? Who would tell him? All right. I don't know, Jason. No. You never know. I also want to end this uh, talk on the matchup. The real MVP for Yaakov? Dolphins defense. 17 points. People forget, but Dolphins defense never forgets. And here's my defense of Dolphins. Imagine if they had thumbs. All right, move on. <laughs> well, I don't even remember what oh, chat yeah. that's from. This morning. Oh, nice. I wasn't awake much. You sent a link. I did not click on it. Joe, you lost. Yeah. Um, My, yeah. I, I like that both of the kickers had walk-offs in this match. Who's the kicker? Young Way Koo. Oh, nice. Okay. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, I think that's really yeah, fun. Yeah, fun. Uh, it's definitely fun to, like, be there when people love Justin Tucker. Um, that was one of the more fun parts of the game. I mean, the most fun part of the game, I told you already, but the Patrick Card thing. Um, the Ravens fullback scored a touchdown, and there was this man, he must have been 400 pounds, sitting two rows behind me. 400 pounds with, like, a big red beard. Like, Santa Claus length, but red, not white. Um, so just imagine, like, a 30-year-old Santa. Um, and he was wearing this Patrick Card jersey. And on that drive, Patrick Card had um, two catches before the touchdown, and he was going nuts because he put in a bet on Patrick Card to score. And then Patrick Card did score his first touchdown of the year. The guy won $20,000. So, like, shout out to that guy. $20,000. Shout table, out to that guy. It might have been 2000 It might have been 20000 But for, 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 for story's sake, like, what do I care? Give him 20000 Give him $2 million. What do I care? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Josh Klein on Shabbos, and people were like, that's real, that's oh, yeah. real money. And this guy on the Patrick Ricard, you know what? That's a sizable chance. It will, at the very money. least, fund his Patrick Ricard bets. He's wearing a Patrick Ricard jersey. Like, he had to custom make that. Um, I know. I, act, I actually yeah. asked him if he's able to get an NFL shop, which I don't know how, but whatever. Um, we'll probably through a custom <laughs> jersey, but um, yeah. At four and five, Gavi is solidly in the mix. And I like for his for from from his perspective, I like that he, he he's not getting duds. Like it's even his lowest performers are like getting seven and a half points, and like that's not that's not gonna lose a matchup for you. Um, and but I wonder like does this team actually have the chops or the depth for if a playoff? If puts run? up seventeen a game, um, but like he was starting yeah. two tight ends, um, like he literally it's nice to see have two enough tight, people like, on his bench, which is sus. Like you should at least fill a roster with lottery tickets, right? Like, yeah. Um, like, he dropped Miles Gaskin. Like, I forget what his roster crunch was, but I could at least fill, fill a roster. I mean, he dropped him when he was, like, not even... Like, he was losing significant targets to Malcolm Brown. They were just like, well, that was silly that we did that. And then, like, he had a good week and you picked him up. Or, like, you picked him up on, as a flyer. Anyway. Yeah, um, I think... He has need- I like that there are, like, a number of viable tight ends now. With, like, Kittle coming back and, like, Kelsey looking like he's back and Pitts and... That's nice. Yeah, I think yeah, his team could certainly make the playoffs. Like he's only one game behind, and he's got Devonte Adams and Zeke. The CBS people really believe in Zeke. I don't, I don't really get it, but like whatever they say so. Yeah. Um, I mean, fantasy is just about opportunity, and he's on a good offense and will score touchdowns. So, 
definitely and he's and like if justin herbert like now if 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 he is back after a couple of bad weeks definitely no reason he can't make the playoffs yeah and and from your perspective though you lost like it was nice to see judy and um kelsey being more like the guys that you kind of had had yeah i'm not up to today especially posting I mean, like, for just judy. looking at my team um basically like the the, the bill scored six points um like, a lot of these things are just like, yeah, the team did bad um, as much as my players did bad. And like James Conner was just unlocked for me. Um, I'm not worried. I'm definitely not worried about making the playoffs. Like the only thing I care about is making a buy. That's why I want to trade James Conner for a team trying to make the playoffs because I just care about the playoffs. What's that? What happens when you're in there? Um, yeah, so I'm not worried. We can move on. Yeah. Adin continues to lose. He is in free fall. And I, I would like to pose the following question to you. Which of the following free agent quarterbacks would you have started over Jordan Love? Matt Ryan? Yeah. Carson Wentz? Um, what was this Kevin Barr? If he was chasing points, I would take the, the unknown. I'm fairly certain. I'm fairly certain he was chasing points. You really would have... I don't know, man. Carson Wentz. Yes or no? I think he was chasing. chasing points. No to once. No, no, no to the rest. Other than Ryan, if he's chasing points, because. So you're saying no to Teddy Bridgewater. You're saying no to Jimmy G. You're saying no to Baker. Yeah, because I don't think those four guys can get you thirty. Um, and I, look, based on the game, it doesn't look like Jordan Love can either. But for all you know, he could have. Like we didn't know what was going to happen. Apparently. Apparently, in preseason, I was listening to the Ringer NFL show yesterday. Apparently, in preseason, when Jordan Love was in, they basically refused to let him throw anywhere other than the flats. And they figure, oh, it's fine. It's just, like, preseason. Like, surely they'll open it up after, like, you know, a season. And then, like, they were like, look, the Chiefs aren't defending the flats. Have him throw three-yard passes. <laughs> it's not looking great for the post-Aaron Rodgers. Next year might be a really shitty year to be a Packers oh, no. fan. There's, there's never been a um, shitty year to be I, a Packers fan. I, I was on this subreddit, um, like NFC War, NFC North memes or something like that. NFC North like war, I don't know. But it's it's got a lot of good memes about how just like the other three are just so insanely jealous of the Packers, um, and like even like Bears, Lions, and Vikings <laughs> fans just post like, yeah, our teams fucking suck. We wish we were Packer fans. So it's just a good time. <laughs> I recommend just That's filtering funny. my best all time, and. Just, just, just uh, scrolling through for 10, 20 minutes. Did you see? Did you see Corderell's play on the no, final, I was final at drive? A game. Well, I don't know. It's been time. It's Tuesday now. You could have watched highlights. Corderell had an awesome play down the sideline. Oh, actually, I did. I did. That, I did. I did uh, see game winner right. for Young Way too. I shouldn't have lashed yeah. out at you. I love. I love that Corderell is doing stuff. He's doing stuff in the running game. He's doing stuff in the passing game. He's blocking. He's the guy we always wanted to be, and I love that. And I love that it's happening on a fantasy team. Good for Mark for being the guy who has him. Like, I just, I, I, I'll talk about Corderell every week if okay. I can. I won't stop you. Yeah. Lots of bench points, inefficient, but, like, I don't know if, like, either of these guys are really going to start the, the dudes who went off. Yeah, like, like listen, I... Say what you want about Cole Beasley as a person, but like I was ready to start Cole Beasley or James Conner. I don't know who they bench, but like you only, you only have start sit gripes if you actually were thinking about it. You know that's my philosophy. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Mark is now four and five in the seventh seed, and Nadine is five and four in the sixth seed. If only one of these teams can make the playoffs, who are you choosing? Oh, Leap, Leap's team is better. Nadine's team has just been absolute yeah, and he's trash, and like he, he and I were both getting away with some at the beginning of the year, and now only I'm getting. Well, I lost. We both lost this week, so neither of us are getting away with it. 
I'll tell you this much. As a transition from this matchup to the next, Adin's trade is not is not really bearing so many fruit for him. After Daniel, though. Daniel's trade, yeah. Daniel's trade. Daniel. I thought Lieb won it. I still think well, Lieb won it just because you got to get that top-end talent. Austin Eckler should be like one of the five best running backs um, going forward. Um, but yeah, definitely. God damn, dude. He got like 40 points. Yeah, definitely paid off for Daniel. That was awesome. How did Dak get 18 points? He was so bad. He was so, so bad. He, I, I, I didn't even watch that game. I was just watching Red Zone. It looked like I, I could have sworn I saw him overthrow wide open guys down the field like eight times yesterday. Somehow he got 18 points. Mahomes won. Like, how, how, how like all the, all these other quarterbacks, what, like, I don't know. How did he get 18 points? How's that possible? Well, Mahomes also played bad, so... It's just like, but like Mahomes had eight fewer points than Dak. I don't know, man. It just, it was like in a week where none of the quarterbacks did well, somehow like Dak threw up like, you know, like, uh, you know, just one below par performance fantasy wise. And that was just ridiculous. Well, maybe because he wasn't, listen, Josh Allen did badly because of Josh Allen. So Dak Prescott's just lucky he wasn't against another Dak Prescott. True. Yeah, somebody somebody was pointing out that the the fact that the Josh Allen's didn't do a jersey swap after the game is a did real they problem. not? Uh, as far as I know, they did not. LCQ who jerseys LCQ Ezra. who jersey swaps at the Ravens game. It's like it's pretty obvious. Uh, I'm gonna s- Patrick Ricard and Patrick Ricard guy. <laughs> if only I don't even know which one of them has the bigger jersey between the Patrick Ricard guys, um, Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook, um, who. Nice. Played each other in high school, college, and now the pros. The pros is the first time they're not in the same conference, like in their life. Wow, that's kind of cool. I didn't realize. Wait, Lamar's from Florida? He very from Florida. Like all that big trust stuff. Like, yeah, he's very. That's also why he's so friendly, like good friends with Hollywood Brown, who's from Hollywood, Florida. Um, he's like, he's, he's very nice. Florida. Um, I heard a crazy story about like Dalvin. Um, when he was like a, a high school junior, like nobody knew about him that the summer going into his junior year and he went to a camp and shit, who was um, Jimbo? Jimbo was the coach at Florida State back then. And Davis. Jimbo sees this kid. And, yeah. Jimbo sees this kid and Dalvin and he's like, this kid is special. Don't let anybody know that we're interested. Don't pay any attention to him. Like he sees him like run once and he's like, we need this kid on campus. Like, don't, don't pay any attention to him. If we give him any attention, people are going to notice. And like, they secretly offered him something like that, like the next week. And now, and like, and then like Dalvin like broke out that junior season or something like that. It was a crazy story. Awesome. There's some game where, like, I think yeah. both offenses, like, when Lamar played Dalvin, I think, like, both offenses had something like 900 yards. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's, like, five It honestly might have been That's 900 great. combined. But, listen, that guy won $20,000, 900 yards a team. Who cares? Yeah. Ezra's probably wishing he monopolized the Arizona backfield the same way he did the Tampa backfield right now. Like, the, the, the Chase Edmonds injury is real tough yeah, for him. Like, you should trade to him, James Conner. I was looking. It's just no one I'd want. Like I'd rather have James Conner than DeAndre Hopkins, frankly. Like so. Wow. I don't, I don't know who I I'd mean, want I would too, team. I guess. Yeah, and Daniel is looking very dangerous. Like if anybody is gonna break into the championship tier, uh, like crew this year, like it really feels like this could be Daniel's year. I mean, like at the time of the draft, like I remember thinking, damn. 
Julio Jones is Daniel's wide receiver one. That's, like, not great. And now, looking at his roster, like, Julio is his wide receiver three with, like, enormous upside now that Henry's out. Like, they're only going to open up the passing game more. And, like, he's got Cup. He's got Pittman playing at the top of his game. I mean, this looks like a really good team. Really, really he good team. is he's number one in the power rankings, right? In the Yahoo, yeah. I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen that since they updated after last. He's week. He's never on the power rankings. Um, listen, you know I wish the best for Daniel. Um, I think I said that if I don't win the league on the LFFMK podcast, I want Daniel to win. If I didn't say that, I'm saying it now. So yeah, yeah, happy for Daniel. I don't think that Julio is going to be. Listen, I don't know. Julio hasn't shown it this season, so I don't know. No, he hasn't. I like. I mean, like that's at wide receiver three. Like that's just like. That's good. Um, Who'd you take right now? Bobby Trees or uh, Julio as a wide receiver three upside play? Woods. Julio can't stay on the field. Like, Woods gets on the field and he gets touchdowns. Like, I had him last year and he still didn't say anything this year. He gets, like, those weird – he gets weird touchdowns, Robert Woods. But he does it consistently. Enough to, like, keep him relevant. Same with James Conner. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you can reliably get touchdowns, then whatever, you can reliably get touchdowns. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, all right, that's a that's a that's a good football podcast. Shout to Rev Box, shout to uh, shout to the Sure SM7B. Joey, why are you only showing me like from the top half of your eyes up? Because oh, I wasn't looking at my camera. Bueno, sube mi Apple button por ahí, mis balas que Y me dejé, me apobate el mafrid, apobate el mafrid.